Hey, Trippin' my hometown. Love it so much, I could kiss the ground. Talk about what's going on in the vivid. These are the vivid idiots. Hello, Lather Village. Welcome to another edition of the Village Idiots Podcast. This is the second one, by the way. And uh, welcome aboard. Welcome back. We are here to just give you some information and at the same time have a few laughs on, along the way. So on board, we have a few idiots that uh, you may be familiar with from the last podcast. We've got Mike Keenan. We've got Rob Mantinen. Rob's silent today. We've got Shabadoots, Adam Laurie. Good day, everyone. <laughs> and we've got uh, Jason Hammond. Hey, uh, everybody. All right. All right. I'm glad you guys are ready because, uh, you know, we're still uh, staying home, staying safe. We're six feet social distancing. We are, uh, well, some of us are working. Some of us, all of us are working from home on many fronts there. And uh, we're just, we're, we're trying our best to uh, get through it. And that's why this podcast is here for you. We're going to be idiots along the way and we hope you enjoy it. But let's just dive right in, shall we? Everyone, uh, let me just uh, start with item one. So we've got a few guests on the podcast, and I'm not sure if the villagers are, are aware of this, but uh, we've got a few residents that are actually making masks in Lathrop Village and distributing this through the medical community. And uh, on the podcast this evening, we have Afshan Siddiqui. Hi there. Hello, Anna. Afshan. Pretty good. How's Thank it going? Thank you for having me. Good, good. And we have Patty Keenan. Hey, Patty. Hey, Ian. How's it going? Good, good. good. Nice to be here. Hey, no problem. No problem. So um, I hear that you guys are, well, let me just start with Afshan. I hear that you you guys are making masks for the medical community. So how'd that start? And uh, where are you guys oh, at currently? Yeah, this was, it was pretty cool. And I'm, I'm really pleased to say that to this date, after about four weeks of making masks, um, we've now delivered over 700 masks to healthcare workers Whoa. throughout Metro Detroit. Nice. Uh, so the project really started around March 20th. Uh, a friend of mine called me up. He lives in Sterling Heights and he said, hey, you know, I just read about a Muslim group in California that had this initiative to just start sewing masks, homemade masks for healthcare workers hospitals, clinics. And uh, he said, I think it's something that we could probably do here in Metro Detroit. So we came up with a plan just to put together a flyer, kind of reach out to people we know, and just get the initiative going, getting it off the ground. So it really right. became, you know, at first, I, I have to admit, I was a bit hesitant, because I, I don't really sew. And I thought this entire thing would just be on me to have to sew. But then I realized after I, we spoke to the group in California, which, by the way, was a mother-daughter that started the initiative there. Wow. Um, the, yeah, That's the impressive. initiative was called Threads of Resistance. And they kind of gave wow. us a general idea of what we needed, who we needed to contact, getting approval from hospitals and clinics that they were in fact accepting homemade masks because early on it was very clear that a lot of the hospitals really just wanted the N95 masks. Um, 
But that changed very right. quickly when they realized that the supply of the N95 masks were really not uh, available. And they really wanted to reach out to as many people as they can to sew homemade masks. So we jumped right on it. And Beaumont Hospital was really, their entire hospital system was one of the first ones that they went ahead and they put it directly on their website. You know, we are now accepting home sewn masks. So we reached wow, out to, I reached out to doctors and nurses at Beaumont. Uh, we started with Troy Beaumont, Royal Oak Beaumont, and Wayne Beaumont. And now we are also wow. giving masks uh, to the Beaumont Hospital uh, in Farmington as well. And it really just nice. became contacting people, putting it on Facebook spreading the word on social media. And before we knew it, we were getting fabric donations, elastic donations. Uh, we had a list of 30 people that were going to be sewing for us. And with the help of wow. my daughter uh, and some other friends, we started delivering stuff everywhere. Like if someone needed fabric, we took the fabric donations and got them to where they needed to go. So actually we, we got a big fabric donation from Lathrop Village's uh, Diane Weems. I mean, she gave us so much nice. fabric, it was incredible. So we wow. took, yeah, Thanks, Diane. Diane Weems. And so we took her fabric yep. and we distributed, I drove it down to Dearborn, to Canton, to Detroit, to um, Shelby Township. We kind of distributed all the fabric, and then we kind of had the people that were sewing in those locations delivered directly to our contact people to the closest hospitals near them. And it just became right. sort of this big project that just kind of fanned out with the help of, you know, delivery people, donors in terms of donating fabric elastic, and not to forget the people sewing the masks. So Lathrop Village, I have to credit right. Patty Keenan, who's on this uh, podcast as well. And Gloria Roberts nice. has been sewing. Diane Weems has been sewing. Um, Ed Blondin nice. donated a ton of fabric. What? He, he did not sew. Oh, but he didn't sew. Wow. <laughs> he didn't he, sew. He donated. <laughs> he did not sew, but no, tons and tons of fabric. And it was kind of funny because... Every day I, I opened my front door and there was another huge bag of fabric out there. And then nice. uh, Sandra nice. Gross also delivered a lot of elastic that she had. So with the help of, you know, all these people, you know, especially I'm really proud of my Lathrop Village community because there's been such a, an outpouring of support and, you know, you can do yes. this. And that's really all it took to kind of be excited about it and know that right. we could keep going. So even though we have made right. 700 masks and delivered 700, we still have a big order for Judson Center. Their social workers will be going wow. out again, visiting foster families and foster kids, and they need four to 500 masks. So we completed and delivered 200 masks to them yesterday. So we have another 200 right. we have to get nice. to them next weekend. So we're kind of sewing away. Wow. And then another person called us from Detroit and there's senior housing in downtown Detroit and they need 300 masks. So we are definitely, wow. we got a long way to go. And 
but it's yeah, I hear you. Awesome. I hear you. Right, right. Well, so Ashlyn, are are we in need of child size masks? Because you know, I've been sewing yeah. since you started this initiative, basically. And I've gone through several iterations of the different masks. I actually have a couple of new ones that you're going to see that on my next shipment to you. Um, but I was wondering if we're looking for child size masks, because that's something that we really haven't talked about or focused upon. But if we're going to start supporting places like Judson Center, do we actually need to have something that's a non-adult size, something that's, you know, sized down to fit, you know, a five-year-old or a six-year-old? I helped a, a fellow resident recently get a mask done for her son because they had to go right. to the hospital and have an infusion. So they didn't have any readily made uh, you know, children's sizes. Yeah. So I, we got one for him. But I wonder yeah, if that's a need that we need to Patty, consider. Um, and Gloria Roberts, she did, I want to say about 50 child size for me. So definitely, I think it's wow. the demand I do believe is still for adult sizes. But definitely, if we can keep in mind the child sizes, I think that's definitely something we need. And you're right, because I don't even know that my own kids have masks that would fit them right now. Right. Wow, that's definitely yeah. a concern and for sure. Um, so, Patty, let me just ask you because you're you're right on the front lines with with Afshan. You you are one of the sewers. So, what kind of uh, issues have you seen as you embarked upon this? I mean, I'm sure that it's something that I mean you can sew clearly because we know that you've sewn some things in the past. But you know, this is a unique challenge. So, what have you seen? You know, I, I think some of the challenge with this or probably the biggest challenge with this is the material in which you make a mask from. Some people are thinking, oh, you can just make it out of anything, but it truly should be a cotton fabric because cotton is a, is a breathable fabric, whereas if you're looking at something that's a man-made material, it's very hot, it's very sweaty, it's not a comfortable thing to wear. And if you're going to be wearing it, a lot and you're going to be washing it in high temperatures, cotton is the best type of fabric to use for that. Wow. So the cotton fabric and cotton fabric is at a premium right now. I tried to get my hands on some from Joanne Fabric. It's very limited. Um, you don't have a lot of choices. The other thing that's really difficult to get a hold of is the appropriate elastic. Right. So that is still in a shortage and the prices are gone up on right. it because it's needed. It's one of those, you know, the how much will the public bear to pay for right. it at this point as well. Right, exactly. I'm so those are the changes. Didn't Sandra Gross uh, extract a bunch of elastic from like old clothing and other things to donate to you guys? I don't know. She's one of the ones that did that. Um, but... Uh, Mary Lou, my neighbor, she donated a bunch of face masks that you use when you fly and you sleep and you take a trip. Right. And I've been able to take the um, elastic off of those face masks. And I think she gave me about 50 of them. So, you know, that's 50 elastics worth of um, materials to make 50 additional masks with. Uh, so I think that was the biggest thing. And now I'm wondering, do we need to start focusing on different types of masks? Previously, we were making basically whatever kind of mask right. you had the materials to make, go ahead and make yep. that. 
But it seems as we move through time here that we need different types of masks. So masks that you can put your your homemade filters in from like your HEPA filter from your um, furnace or from your vacuum cleaner. Um, And so those are different pattern and a different construction completely from your just basic mask. Makes sense. It makes sense. So let me just ask uh, Afshan, um, what's your goal now going forward? So you've got you've got the Judson Center coming up. You've got some other needed um, mask in other areas. How long do you guys think you're going to be doing this? Yeah, because I, you know, I think every day I wake up and I'm like, okay, so where are we going? Who needs them? Where do we have to pick up? Where do we have to drop off? Uh, There's been a lot of coordination and uh, in I really do see this going on uh, at least for another, realistically, maybe possibly another month or two. And I just, just because I feel like even once we step out uh, after the shelter in place, uh, and we've already seen this happen where really in public places, anyone and everyone has to have a mask on or it's highly recommended that they have a mask on. So I feel that- Right. Um, if, if it's not just the general community that needs them, uh, we will continue hearing from people that work in various uh, community centers and clinics. And uh, it's, it's going to go on at least for another month or two, I would say. I mean, if we could do, I think, 100 wow. a week, I think that would be awesome just to kind of keep it going. Um, and for example, yeah, like Richard right. Reeves contacted me yesterday and said, you know, he's in direct contact with a senior center where they do activities and certain things. And obviously everyone is sheltering right. at home right now, but he said the seniors in this group don't have access to homemade masks. So we delivered about a dozen to Richard right. to distribute. So I think that's just going to be ongoing for another month or two, for sure. Hey, Afshan. Yeah. Hey, okay. uh, because right. this is Rob, because uh, um, I don't know anything about sewing, like, at all, right? <laughs> can you just, can, you, can we take a step back? Like, how long does it take to make a mask? Or maybe, I don't know if this, yeah. this might be a better question for Patty, I don't know, but. Yeah, um, I, and someone like. How do you do it? Who is not it, a skilled. It depends on what mask. Someone like me, it definitely takes me <laughs> about an hour i'd say to do one one. mask i mean if i'm having a good day it could take me i could do two in an hour Mm -hmm. but patty like i said is way more skilled but i'm so proud of myself for sitting there and doing it and my my daughters all helped with the sewing um they've definitely retired now but they put in (laughs) a lot of sweat hours um, yeah, that would be about my going rate i saw some name in there it does take me more time but i'll let patty well, I hope they're getting a pension on that now that they're retired. Well, I think for me, yeah. the, the worst part of it is the cutting out yeah. of the material. I mean, that's the part that I hate. But if I'm just doing a basic two-ply mask mm-hmm. that is done with elastic on the sides, mm-hmm. I could probably kick one out, cut it out, and everything in 20 minutes. So, I mean, for me... It's not going to take me that long. And I have a production style that I do when I'm making them in bulk. And so once they're cut out, I basically do step one for 15 or 20 masks. And then I do step two for that same batch. And it does go a lot quicker um, 
yeah. in terms of doing it production style wise. She had the uh, formerly the village residents Amanda and Steve Martin uh, was in there was in her cutting nice. crew, so she, they would actually cut out material. Yep, and I put my own family to work one weekend what? as Are well. You so I, 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 yes, yes, Mike was in charge nice. of the iron. He was the iron, the iron man. man. I love it. So it's like, oh you guys got to get on board here. You're going to be put to work. This is the Keenan production right line. So well, man. Okay, yeah. you've got one. You've Thanks got so. one village idiot doing the ironing. So you wanted another couple idiots so on the ironing board, also. Oh, jeez. Well, I think I'd put you guys in in charge Ooh, of cutting things. Yeah. Oh, so don't give us really this. Do not give us. <laughs> So, Patty, no, what, do you think, what do you think is the most? No, no, no. Patty, what do you think is the most number of masks you made in one day? With you, when you had the full crew, you know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, she. It's a, it's a full day of work when she's doing it. So I could probably eight, do nine hours. So. I could probably do mm -hmm. thirty if I could do it all by myself. Thirty. In that's impressive. That's not bad. In a day. Now, it, no, now let me just ask bad. this. That 30, is that with or without <laughs> alcohol? That is, that is no, with alcohol. There is no business, alcohol right? in the sewing room. Got it. sewing <laughs> oh. room, it's our dining I got room. You. Well, yeah. Nice. And the, nice. And the dining room is our living nice. room. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Our first floor is turned into a and mass production like line, but that's yep. okay. Awesome. Yeah, makes sense. Not like we can host anybody. Go ahead, Asha. Patty could probably chime in here too, but I think I think the best part about this mask initiative really is that when you're at home quarantined and you know that there are these incredible people out there on the front line kind of giving their all, you know, risking their lives, you really do feel like as a community member, what can you do to support them? And I know for me personally, right. having this and having this mass yes. project has, has made me feel like, okay, at least there's something. I feel like I can do something to support them and show them that we care. And yep. I think that's the main motivation. Number one right. motivation is and it, they're, yep. they're doing everything they can. So it's just a very small way to show them that this is our way of supporting you and anything else yep. we can do, you know, just send our way because we're at home, we have the time, we have the resources and we can do whatever it takes to support you with the, the larger task at hand. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. Our, our are we still in need of the headbands and the um, caps for the medical community? Are we still looking for those to be done? Is that something we that we should need to work on think, as well? Uh, and the two nurses I know in Royal Oak and Troy, they definitely say that the scrub caps are still very much in need for sure. Well, well, okay. if you guys do the scrub caps, you know, you we can be kind of like the prototype <laughs> heads of the skull cap, scrub cap. So if you make a couple, we try them on, they feel good, and we're like, yay or nay. Yeah. But uh, as we wrap up. I have three. 
Yeah. And I have three models already that you could try on. You know, you could. Okay. Yeah. We can post some Show photos. It no problem. All right. Um, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. <laughs> so listen, as we wrap up this segment, um, Afshan, how can uh, someone get in touch with you if you want to maintain the hundred masks per day? Um, are you looking for more people definitely. to sew? Are you I looking... know on Facebook. Okay, I'm so how can they get in touch with you? Please, you know, I, if anyone knows how to sew or knows of someone who would like to sew, uh, there is always a need for people to sew. It just makes the whole production kind of go a little more efficiently. And we do have fabric still. I do have. Okay. Okay. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. How well, can they, how can they reach out to you? So by Facebook? And I'm on Instagram. And as well as uh, they can email me too. Afshan Siddiqui at Comcast.net. Oh, sweet. All right. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Patty, uh, before we depart on this segment, um, any um, requests uh, from the, the sewing assembly line? Do you need anyone to assist in any way? Well, I, I think from a seamstress perspective, or at least from my own, that if you can't sew, but you can use a pair of scissors and cut fabric out, I mean, that really is immensely, immensely helpful when Steve and Amanda cut that stuff out for me, because now all I have to do is sit down and right. sew it. So it goes so much faster, and it just makes it feel less stressful for me to try to get something accomplished in a day. So if, if you can't sew, cut stuff out for wow, us. Wow, wow. It takes... I'll be more than happy to do a Zoom meeting and tell you how to do it even. Or if you want a tutorial on how to sew a mask, I could do that oh, as great. well. It takes a village for sure. So before we let you ladies go, officially, you both are village idiots now that you're oh, on I'm the so podcast. Crazy. Welcome to the village idiot. <laughs> village idiot. Yes. And we really appreciate we what you both are doing. We definitely yeah. appreciate what you're doing, and uh, we hope you. to hear back from you. So thank we'll drag you, you back on here just to get some and updates. And I right? love the idea of this podcast. So thank you so much for doing this. It's something we all need. Perfect. Yeah, for sure. We got to stay together. Thank Ladies, you. thank Thanks. you so much. And Bye. we'll talk soon. Bye. Thanks, Afshan and Patty. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye, honey. <laughs> Mike, stay on. <laughs>
Well, you know, obviously, uh, you know, our zip code is one of the hardest hit really in the state. Um, it really makes you take pause, you know, because there's a lot of people in our community, whether it is Lathrop or Southfield. I mean, Southfield really is our extended community. And I'm not just saying that because technically my address is in Southfield. But, um, right. you know, I, I think that right. really that we in this area need to make sure we're extra vigilant about things, because if it's more common around here, well, then, um, you know, I don't know about you guys, but it certainly gives me a little more apprehension if I'm going to make a trip out to, um, you know, our, say, our, our local Kroger versus maybe going to a different one a little farther away just because thinking, hey, uh, maybe there's a lower incidence in that community. It might be wiser. So, um, right, you know, right. there's definitely that local element to it. I think it's, it's smart that we break it out because um, – you know, we are a separate community from Southfield, and clearly just by the fact that here we all are coming together for this podcast, you know, you want to know what's going on in your own community with your own neighbors and right. the people that are closest to you, right? Us here, us villagers. So, um, right, right. Yeah, you know. I, I... It, make, it makes sense. So the bigger issue was that, you know, we share a, a zip code with Southfield and for the last six years and beyond, we've been trying to figure out if we can actually have our own zip code so we can get a, a, an accurate account of what's going on within the city. And I think that was the biggest concern that uh, Mayor Garrett had because we had these huge numbers and we shared the zip code and it, it was just making us look like we had all these issues. We, we may have had issues with uh, you know, garbage people trying to you know, pick up and was afraid to because the numbers were high. I mean, everything came into play because of this one zip code. So I guess I should ask the question. Do you think the mayor should have uh, stepped in like that and, and said, okay, here, here's the update, guys. You don't need to panic. Do you think she was dead on by doing that? Jason. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think it's, look, this issue with the zip code has been an issue for a number of different fronts for a long time. Everything from insurance rates to you know state funding to um you know emergency services and how they're distributed right i mean uh, the fact that we are lumped in with part of southfield um is has caused a lot of issues over the years and uh this uh, accounting for uh confirmed covid 19 cases in the zip code is just the most prescient uh, instance of that situation right. right now. And so I know that Mayor Garrett and the city council and um, a lot of other people, even, you know, our, our state representatives and, and right. other people have, have been um, you know, lobbying for this, uh, for us to have our own zip code for a long time to try and, and better handle those issues to, to, right. to, to help account for the uniqueness of our compute community compared to the rest of that, the zip code. Um, and, and it, it, it absolutely, uh, Mayor Garrett needs to continue to to uh, make that call to to continue to call attention to yep. that issue. Um, Ian, you and I were actually on a video chat with Kelly and with Dave Coulter and a few yep. other residents uh, just this past week. Exactly. And so 
you know, uh, executive Coulter's heard that, uh, that message loud and clear. There isn't necessarily a whole lot he can do about it because the zip codes are defined from the federal government, <laughs> right, but right. the message is there, right? So as long as more people who are in positions to have some impact on it are hearing about it, then um, eventually we'll be able to make some headway one way, shape, or form. may not be the obvious way uh, right. that we might be thinking just to have our own zip code. It might be some other resolution. Uh, but in the meantime, right, to be able to get accurate numbers for something like this right right, to be able to tease out the actual uh number of instances and number of deaths related to COVID 19 uh in our specific community as one subset of the 48076 uh, zip code is a really important thing and i'm really glad that kelly was able to get that information i hope she can continue to get it going forward it was very difficult and and the four digit extension doesn't help us uh, really at all, doesn't. really, yeah. to be honest. Uh, your thoughts on it, Mike? No, I, I thought it was a, you know, a great thing that she did. Uh, I, I fully expect that she'll probably yes. do another one this yep. coming week just to you know, keep residents informed of how the city right. is doing. Uh, it, again, the whole Zipco thing, it's a pretty tricky situation. And I th- like Jason mentioned, you know, it's really kind of defined by the federal right. government. So it's hard for even Oakland County or Michigan to to you know step in and do something about it but i mean it it definitely shows in times like these right you know where that you know there's an importance beyond just your own identity as a city but just so you can track what's right. going on with something like COVID-19. right i agree i mean you know i appreciate two things the fact that you know you guys are willing to sit on this village idiot podcast with me and the others and also we've got a mayor that's proactive and working in conjunction with the oakland county um, executive. And I think that's, it's a plus mm-hmm. because it shows that, you know, we're taking initiatives and we're not just sitting back waiting for updates, you know, daily, you know, Monday through Friday, we're, we're giving you updates, we're giving information and hey, we're taking a beating on it too. So I, I just think it's a plus. I mean, not too uh, much Rob, more to any, add. Any I would just thank Kelly for what she did, right? Because she's going above and beyond. She's making the extra effort and she's effectively communicating to the residents and, and that's, that's that's what we need in a time like this. So, yep, yep. All right. Now that we know we have uh, Mayor Love going on on the Village Idiot podcast, yeah, and at the pile on on onto the mayoral love. Yeah. Uh, before we switch on to the next topic, uh, I'm not sure if everybody has seen. Uh, Kelly's Facebook post, but she's uh, officially thrown her name into the ring to uh, run for county commissioner representing oh, yeah. our district. Yep. And so in November, when the next round of elections come up, she'll be on that ballot. And if she is elected county commissioner, she'll be yep. presumably no longer on our city council and she'll be doing that job full time. Um, so uh, yeah. That I, I think it's important. Uh, it's wonderful for our community to have somebody who knows so much about our community yep. representing us at a county level. Um, so uh, I hope everybody who's hearing this podcast will, A, be aware that that's happening, but secondarily right. uh, support Kelly in her effort to get elected to county commission because it, it'll be great for our community yeah. uh, if she is elected to that position. Yep, I agree. I mean, if we support her, definitely she'll support we'll continue to get support as a city and uh, just the backstory. So Nancy Quarles is going to retire and that will open up that position. So yeah, election elections will come up and, and Kelly will be running for that position. So we hope that villagers 
can uh, say, okay, yeah, let's just support it. And, and we need all the support we can get as a city because they know us because she knows us. All right, gentlemen, let's, uh, let's move on, shall we? Um, I hear that uh, the Mantinans had an Easter, uh, Easter celebration by um, contributing meals. <laughs> and uh, I think Rob Mantinan, the other idiot that's on this podcast. She is not, no. Is on. Uh, is your She's wife very next busy, to you, by so. the way? Okay, okay. So you're going to speak on her. You're going to speak on her behalf. We understand. So, yeah. Rob, can you just uh, give us some backstory on this? Because uh, I thought it was a great idea, and I saw it posted. Yeah, so I'll just try and I'll try and give I, like the ninety second rundown so, here. So, what happened was we. Uh, I think you know I'm trying to remember back, but I, I think where, where our head was at was, hey, we got to get our Easter our stuff for Easter a little bit earlier this year because of what's going on. Um, and this was before the stay at home orders and any of that, we were just like, well, we better stock up now. So we bought all our stuff for Easter dinner, um, right away when it was available at the grocery store, you know, all the stuff we would normally get for a big Easter gathering. Um, and then, uh, you know, everything kind of went, you know, the way it did, the stay at home order uh, was released and we realized, shoot we're we are not going to be hosting easter dinner at our house yep yeah and uh and so you know as time went on you know we were reflecting on that um elaine really enjoys hosting people um hosting family and friends and having meals for people so uh we had uh way more food than we could eat um ourselves and so uh, Elaine uh, wow. just took it upon herself to reach out on on the villagers and ask, you know, if there was anyone interested in in a home cooked Easter meal um, that would be delivered to them. And uh, we, lo and behold, there were a number of hand raisers and uh, people who um, were either hand raising for themselves or knew others that would that would really enjoy having uh, such a meal. So we were able to put a list together and. Uh, we did a big Easter cook um, that day. I, I should also add, uh, Ed Blondin reached out to us and offered to help uh, wow. give us some extra food. So we had even extra. He actually provided us with a whole ham. Um, yep, yep. So thanks to Ed for that. And Whoa, we, uh, we, we cooked uh, mm-hmm. most of the afternoon. We cooked up a bunch of ham and potatoes and, and other uh, side dishes. And we plated it all. And then I... Uh, I loaded it all in the car, and um, and actually we loaded Ed up with some of it. Ed, Ed delivered some to some others, um, some people he knew in Ferndale <laughs> that uh, really would have appreciated it. So we really spread it out as much as we could, nice. and um, there were a lot of people that were thrilled to receive that. So, um, you know, props to Elaine for, for you know, she's got a big heart and um, – and for thinking of others in this time, and and we uh, we were we were just thrilled to be able to share what we had. So that's cool. Yep. Wonderful. Thanks, awesome. Elaine. Really appreciate it. I, I'm telling you, it it helps when you know that you have a community that have people that care about other people and you know are willing to just extend any kind of olive branch <laughs> or any kind of slice of ham. Just so you can get through, <laughs> your hand. get through, get through the Easter. I'm telling you for sure. 
But uh, it's, it's too bad Elaine's not on. I mean, I'm sure we'll catch up to her, you know, at another podcast. I'm sure that she's going to be active and a lot of other interesting things are going to be happening. All right, so let's just move on, uh, villagers. Um, I hear that there are drive-by birthdays and drive-by graduations. It's such an unusual thing to be staying home and staying safe, but at the same time acknowledging that birthdays and and graduations are happening. And uh, as a matter of fact, I, I mean, I participated in a really interesting drive-by birthday, which was across the street from the Keenans. Hey, Mike, can you just give us the backstory, and then I'll get into the uh, drive-by graduations after you. Okay. And so, yeah. So, uh, actually, I can't remember what day it is because we're all running together now, but uh, uh, our next-door neighbor uh, has a little girl, Freya, who's the sweetest little thing uh -huh. you ever want to meet. She turned nine, and, you know, you know, mom was, you know, worried because she couldn't really – get to the store and do some of the things that they would normally would do. So she was reaching out for people to come by uh, and, and either do a drive-by or so what Patty and Elena and I did first thing in the morning was actually, we went over there with a happy birthday sign and saying oh, happy nice. birthday to her and give her a little nice. present. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but no, it's just, she was, you know, looking for that drive-by then uh, 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 Bridget Taylor, Aunt B Taylor, as we like to call her, who lives right across right. the street from them. And even before she moved to Lather Village, I've been friends with her for years. She happened to be turning 60 that same day. So, you know, Patty got on the, you know, the old internet and, you know, texted nice. people and say, hey, we got, this, we got this going on. You know, can we do a drive-by? And I, I know you guys yeah. were one of them. And so it was, it was really kind of a cool thing for people that are, you know, I mean, we're in a, in a shut-in right. type state to still – you know, get out and try to do a little celebration. And even even though we live next door right. to the two of them, Patty and I got in the car, drove around <laughs> the block, did the beeping of the horn, you know, did all the That's little cool. stuff. So yeah, that was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, and, and another one that we participated in is uh, at Blondin's neighbors, the Rodices, Isabella, nice. she turned 11. And same, same kind of thing, you know, you know, young kid that normally you'd have all your friends over and have birthday cake and do all the fun stuff. Uh, and they're just, they're a great family. So we, we participate. She, so um, the mom put out a, you know, a, a message on Facebook to do a drive by. So we participate right. in that as well. And, uh, and then, uh, and like, as you had mentioned that there was a uh, yeah. Erica prime's son who graduated from U yeah. of M and even though we're not young <laughs> fans in our household, um, we participated. Yep, yep. And uh, but I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit more about that because I know you you had also joined in that. Yeah, yeah. Well. Look, well, let me take a step back. So uh, Joe and Elizabeth Foot, who live lives next door to us, I just happened to be looking out the window and I saw all these cars lined up. Right, I'm like, whoa, what is going on out there? And it turns out, you know, it was their daughter's birthday and. Her, uh, their daughter's uh, oh. friends and parents got together, drove by with signs. I was like, man, that is a cool concept. And then I got invited uh, to your across the street neighbor's birthday. I was like, oh, this is great. And then I look on Facebook a couple weeks later and Fred and Erica Prime, are, you know, Prime they're saying, hey, uh, Griff's graduating. We want you guys to drive by if you can. It would be great. You know, he's he's done his official walk and we just did it yesterday drove by it was so exciting i was just 
I was in awe that all those Lathrop villagers showed up and said, hey, good luck. You're going to do well after this thing's over. I was excited about it for, for Griff, just in general. And there was a, and there yeah. was a lot of people that came by for, for his exactly uh, i mean i know griff doesn't remember any of us right just maybe a handful of us but just to have all those cars drive by because the parents are so involved in the community level-headed folks i'm sure they're raising those great kids oh man i i just felt good just driving by just to say hey hang in there it'll get better you got one more to kick out of the house that kind of stuff right <laughs> i thought it was great and and then uh, and also, Richard Reeves did a uh, drone flyover you know, viewing, uh, yeah, which I think was posted on Villagers as well. Oh, nice. So I, I got to look that up just to see what it looks like. So, Jason, any input on this? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, times are weird right now. We don't get to celebrate people the way we normally would, the way that we're used to doing it uh, in right. the past. But that doesn't mean that, in fact, in, in a situation like that, maybe it's more important than ever to find these alternative ways I to agree. celebrate people, right? You know, your, your high school seniors aren't having their proms and they're not having their graduation ceremonies. Your college seniors not having their graduation ceremonies. Right. Um, you know, even at my youngest son's private school, right, they, that goes through eighth grade, they use it, they do an eighth grade graduation. That's not happening this year either. So, right. you know, anything that communities can do to get together and celebrate these types of accomplishments amongst the young people. It's something that they'll never forget, right? It's a story that they'll be able to tell, and it uh, helps them to feel loved because they, you know, they really are. Everybody in this community loves and cares for each other, and it's just another expression of that love. Yeah. Yep, I agree with that totally, and I think you guys have expressed it perfectly. All right, so let's get into some uh, wild animals here. So coyotes are not ugly, and we do have a lot of coyotes in Lathrop Village. As a matter of fact, Court Store had uh, a litter of pups underneath his deck, and there are photos all over villagers on these cute little coyote uh, puppies and the mama. I think the mama's moved the coyotes, the coyote, coyote pups a couple of times. So Adam... Are those coyotes? Are those foxes? I believe it's confirmed they're coyotes uh, by actual okay. people that understand animals better than you and me. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw the coyote myself. Uh, I was heading home one day along the 696 service drive. Um, I was passing by Bloomfield, I believe, where it hits the service drive. And sure enough, I stopped yeah. when I saw it. It was on the, the grass on the, um, the northbound side of the service drive. It crossed right in front of me, and actually, so clearly, these animals are roaming both sides of the freeway, um, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, I was also very surprised to see uh, the coyote <laughs> drop an anvil off the freeway overpass. Very intuitive. Um, it didn't have its tail, uh, which I, I think people right. may have seen this same coyote around the village a bit. Uh, it's correct; it has been. Um, it had a litter of puppies, a clear, apparently, right. um, court store <laughs> is the father, um, <laughs> as they have taken up residence at his house. Uh, I don't know if that's a biological thing or just a social thing, but I think clearly <laughs> at this point, um, there, there remains little doubt that somehow, uh, court has some sort of relationship with these animals. 
Um, but I think it's right. pretty cool too that I, you know, I think we've all seen reports of around Michigan and around the world, um, you know, of animals just kind of with human activity being a bit lighter that they're yeah. starting to come back and uh, appear in places where they normally wouldn't. I know personally, I've seen exactly. a lot of bunny rabbits, um, more so than, yep. I mean, you know, they're always around, but just with the lowering of human activity, they're, they're being a lot less yep. shy and, um, you know, right. so it's definitely, um, part of this new reality we're living in. It's kind of cool. It's definitely a silver lining. I think that, you know, people are getting joy from seeing, um, these animals being back around, you know, and. You know, it's kind right. of nice that while we have, um, you know, it stinks that we have to be in these circumstances, but things like the fact that, you know, we're driving less, um, you know, there's more room for the animals. There's, you know, times for the, right. the air to, to get a little bit cleaner. My son this morning mentioned to me, it was a beautiful morning out and he walked out and took a big deep breath of eight in his eight year old lungs and said, dad, it kind of smells like, uh, like a morning in Lake Tahoe this morning where we were at last summer nice. and uh you know i definitely took notice and i was like you know what does kind of feel a little bit cleaner and nicer out here so um yeah, yeah. I so agree. uh yeah that's a long way to say yes there it's, are it's... Coyote, coyotes living at cool with court store <laughs> and um we support yep. and love court and uh, he's a great villager and uh yeah glad that the coyotes found a good place to live yeah, it's a good observation. I find it really fascinating that uh, there's so many birds of prey in Lathrop Village right now. I've seen owls, I've seen red-tailed hawks, I've seen peregrine falcons, and I kind of figured this was going to happen this year because last year we had the turkeys and the families walking around, and wherever you see turkeys, I guess you're going to see birds of prey. It's fascinating that we can actually experience and enjoy these animals here, so... Any any thoughts, Jason? <laughs> yeah, uh, is no, he's too fast. Don't blame him. Yeah, Tyler's doing the job. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: if you ask a millennial Ian, what a roadrunner or an anvil Ian. is, they will not know. You no, know I'm a millennial, about. right? <laughs> <laughs> we grew up. I know. Time. That's why I said that. <laughs> so. <laughs> I so know. Just, I just just to add on to uh, just to add on to what Adam was saying with the updates. Uh, Bob first actually took pictures of the coyotes uh, that nice. were hunkered down um, at uh, Court's house. So if you see the photographs on villagers from those posts, uh, Bob first took those pictures, and he he did comment on one of the threads um, that the coyote left Court's, moved to the next door neighbors. Apparently. The common thing that coyotes do, they have multiple dens just to keep their, their brood, their pups safe. Yep. Uh, yep. So they, they've been, they do move around. Maybe they'll come back to courts at some point. Um, yep. the, uh, the coyote specialists that court and Bob spoke to told them that uh, coyotes are not dangerous. They're not predatory towards or aggressive towards humans. Obviously, if you disturb the, 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 the litter, the pups, then you're asking for trouble. But as long as you give them their space, uh, the coyotes will not uh, endanger you. Now, I know there's a lot of concern about smaller animals, like smaller dogs and cats and uh, other domesticated animals. and Purse dogs. A, yeah, and it's just the purse dogs, like, yeah, or backpack dogs, like our mayor has. Um, <laughs> 
So yeah, look, it's just important to be aware that these the, that these types of animals are out there. Coyotes are in the neighborhood, and uh, it's not likely, but it is of course possible that a coyote may try to make lunch out of your smaller animals. So yep. Just do, be diligent, right? Just keep an eye out, right? Don't let your dogs roam around in your backyard for hours on end unattended. Um, keep an eye out and and make sure that you're taking care of your pups. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Uh, it looks like we lost Rob, but it's okay. He'll he'll, he'll dive come back, back I'm in. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure. All right, <laughs> maybe we should uh, just move on. Uh, Mike, any thoughts on uh, the coyote? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think everything was pretty well said. I mean, I, yeah, I, I I think it's it's cool with the you know, the resurgence of nature, as you know, a few people have mentioned. So that and that's kind of a cool thing. I am mindful when I let my dog yep. out at night. Even though she's she's a you know decent yeah. sized dog, she's not the brightest dog in the world. So I mean, if if she did come across something like a coyote, uh, she'd yeah. want to play where the coyote yep. may not want to. But uh, no, I think it's kind of cool. And, and actually, and, and I went, wanted to mention, have you not heard the owl yeah. on your side of uh, yes, I Southfield? have. I've seen photos. Oh, okay. It's I, wonderful. I love it. I love birds of prey. That, that's so cool. It's the coolest that thing. Is, all we need now. All we need now are loons. <laughs> That's right. I agree totally. Look, Norman, the loons are waiting. <laughs> I think it's fascinating. Like, it's so many birds of prey in Lathrop. People just don't look up. I mean, they are everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah, I love it. All right, so um, let's just move on, shall we? Um, I want to just give an FYI to uh, Lathrop Villagers. So Coffee with Chris Klug is going to be happening on May 7th. So there's going to be a Zoom call. And uh, Chris just wants to, you know, just see faces and just make a, a, a connection again because of, you know, COVID-19. It's been kind of crazy. The city's been shut down. And he's doing his job and he's doing his part uh, just to let you know he's still here and he wants to hear your input. So there's going to be a Zoom call. Look out for that on the, the city's website, Facebook page. That is May 7th. And uh, please try to participate. Any thoughts, Jason? Yeah, that's at 9 a.m. Um, you can register through the link on uh, the villagers page on the city's web page to the event um, just to get registered so they know you're coming and also to get a uh, no fee ticket <laughs> to join yeah. uh, and a reminder that the event is happening uh, and it's really ultimately just a great way and another example of how Chris is doing a wonderful job in his role as recreation coordinator parks and rec coordinator trying to keep our city connected and how interested he is in our well-being and just wanting to see our lovely faces right and uh, know that he's thinking of us and that uh, you know is trying to create more opportunities for us to uh, connect uh, yep. So it's wonderful that he's doing that, and I look forward to participating. Yep, I agree with that. So while we're talking about community connections, let's just uh, continue this. So um, Southfield, the city of Southfield, is going to start a drive-through uh, COVID-19 uh, test, and that's going to happen on May 4th. So uh, look out for that uh, in the newsletter and also online at the uh, Southfield uh, City website. So, uh, Adam, any input Yeah, on this? so for any of you who would like a little more detail, uh, this is something that was uh, done in collaboration with our uh, representative, Brenda Lawrence, 
And this is for testing of first responders, uh, essential or critical infrastructure employees, adults 65 or older, uh, anyone who has an underlying condition or residents who are experiencing symptoms. Um, so it's a pretty wide swath of people. It's good to know that if you have a concern um, that there's actually somewhere to go get tested now. The testing um, is Thursdays and Fridays from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. It is done by appointment. Um, you can call the health division's nurse on call. That phone number is 800-848-5533. Again, that's 800-848-5533. And the testing is being done over on Greenfield Road uh, at the South Oakland Health Center. The address is 27725 Greenfield Road. So now if you do have concerns or you're not feeling well, um, you can call that number and make an arrangement to locally go and get tested. So that's great news. Great info, great info, and uh, thanks for uh, giving us that phone number. All right, so uh, last thing, uh, Adam, stay on the line here. So there's a step-up challenge where uh, we've, cities, uh, Lathrop Village in particular, they've been doing uh, a step challenge. And in May, uh, Lathrop Village is now going to challenge Southfield, the city of Southfield, for the month of May. So uh, apparently Rob is not on here because he's already – joined and signed up for this step up challenge and i guess i'm gonna have to sign up because uh, you know i want to get my steps in because i've been walking a lot jason got any info any input on this uh yeah i don't have a whole lot of detail about it but i think it is a great idea it's another event that is being coordinated by chris and our parks and rec program um, it's a great way to stay healthy, which is something we should all be doing right now especially since many of us um, have a little bit more free time than we are used to having previously. So you no longer have an excuse to not get your steps in. Um, right. And look, we, we got we to be competitive here. We got to show up, right? And That's make right. our uh, community look good and be recognized for the strong and uh, supportive people that we are. So anybody that can participate should register and do it. And uh, we, uh, we'll, 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 I know we'll, we'll show well. We'll make we'll yes. yeah. numbers for the challenge. For sure. That's right, Keenan. Keenan, you're going to be there with me. Anybody wants to register for yeah. it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. Can our dogs take it, Ian? <laughs> what was that? I don't know about. I said, can our dogs take it? My thirteen-year-old dog is like, I'm, I'm done. Okay, you take it. Take me for like two walks well, today. You know, right? Kelly takes her dog for walks in her backpack. I'm just saying. Yeah, you got to get a solution. big backpack. Yeah, well, I, have a, I have a fifty-pound. I have a fifty-pound hey, dog. Yeah, man. I can, hey, yeah. get a fifty-pound backpack <laughs> for that dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, we get it. So uh, just look on the uh, city's website for uh, the Step Up Challenge. So, gentlemen, I think we're done for tonight. You got any closing thoughts? Jason. Uh, I'm just really excited that this podcast is continuing. Uh, I know we've been getting some really good feedback about it. And now we're uh, you know, starting to use it to get really great news out to the community. Um, the section uh, that we opened our, our podcast today uh, with Patty and Afshan talking about sewing of masks for healthcare workers, just another great example. Um, yeah. So uh, it, we, I'm just glad to be a villager, glad that people are supporting the podcast and eager to learn more about what it is that we have to share with you. And uh, hey, if anybody listening to this podcast has any ideas for segments and, and topics that you'd like us to cover, 
please don't hesitate to reach out. You can hit us up on Facebook. You can hit us up on Instagram. You probably have our phone numbers. You can call us directly. If you're wandering by our houses, you can just stop and uh, wave. You can't come in. You got to stay six feet away. That's you can, right. You can say what's up and let us know. And uh, we all, all ideas are welcome. And uh, we, we will be happy to cover anything that people are interested to hear about. If you're in the Navy, that's one fathom. So keep that in mind. <laughs> but I appreciate that. All right, Adam. Shabadoots. Any uh, thoughts? I want to say to all of our friends in the village, uh, be well, stay healthy, stay safe, go green. Shabadoots. <laughs> Michael Keenan. Any thoughts? Yeah. Any thoughts? Well, of course, I have thoughts. Yeah. I have thoughts, but you know. Uh, no, it's this is great. I mean, I, I really appreciate you know, Ian. You actually came up with the podcast idea. It's been a dream of yours for a while. Hopefully, we'll continue it when we're out of our you know lockdown state. And uh, I uh, just miss seeing you guys live with you know a cocktail in front of us and having conversation about that. So I'm looking forward to that I'm coming back sometime yes, soon for sure. For sure, I appreciate you saying that, Mike. And I got to tell you, my dreams are nothing without people to share it with and that's why we're doing this with you guys and anybody else that wants to come on this podcast and give us thought give us ideas hey even constructive criticism we'll take it we're village idiots but it's not idiots it's idiosyncrasy so on behalf of the village idiots we thank you for listening and we're out of here thank you see ya Rob's back. Rob's back. Oh, man. <laughs> so I guess one of the realities yeah, of this yeah. COVID is the uh, We're not done yet. Connection. We're back. Live. I don't know. <laughs> hey, wow. Jason. Jason, you're going to have to keep that in there. <laughs> oh, yes. Absolutely. That's that's definitely going to make the podcast. <laughs> oh, this is bad, but it's a good thing, man. Because listen, once right. we upload this thing, that's it. I'm feeling good about it. Because, hey, life happens when you're having fun, right? That's true. All right, Rob, we were, we were just doing the wrap-up, Rob. Do you want to send off uh, our listeners with any thoughts and wisdoms? <laughs> I got nothing. I want to go to bed. Do it. <laughs> I had a work you got, in the morning. Rob? good night y'all you got you got autonomous vehicles to make man I think we're done thanks everybody